start off with a scripture that came to me in the middle of the night and it was John 2 verses 5 through 10 and it says his mother saith unto the servant whatsoever he saith unto you do it and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made to wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servant which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And that officially started um, the Savior's, I guess, first miracles. But after reading that, I had a quote come to mind. Um, it says, put Jesus at the center of your life and you will start to see the abundance of miracles flow. And our greatest strength comes through the Lord. So, um, that led me to, um, listening to this because I just, there was something about this story that reminded me of what the prophet said, um, and I went back and looked through all three of his talks. So I'm going to quote President Nelson, um, and then I'll tell you who I'm, if I'm quoting somebody else. But for the most part, I'm going to quote President Nelson and what he says that relates to this scripture. And then we'll come back to it. Um, it'll make sense here in a minute. So President Nelson said this last April, Dear brothers and sisters, so many wonderful things are ahead. In the coming days, we will see the greatest manifestation of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between now and the time he returns, with power and great glory, he will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles upon the faithful. Now, that quote, that specific quote is what reminded, like, that. It, that's how come I went back to President Nelson is because this was Christ's first miracle. And then you, if you remember, it says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But I thought he started off with this this miracle, right? At a feast, a wedding feast. And how is he going to end um, coming back to earth? He's going to start it with a, you know, a miracle and a feast and lots of miracles in abundance. And so I kept reading from President Nelson. And he says, those who live the higher law of Jesus Christ have access to his higher power. Thus, covenant keepers are entitled to a special kind of rest that comes to them through their covenantal relationship with God. Okay, if you didn't catch that, 
people who live a higher law have made more covenants with Christ. And we have to uphold those covenants in order to get the blessing. Just because you made the covenant doesn't mean you get the blessing. You have to actually hold the covenant and do the covenant to have the blessing. Just because you did it once doesn't mean you get continually blessed for that. And then he goes on and says, each time you seek for the fall, each time you seek for and follow the promptings of the spirit, each time you do anything good, um, that thing, let's see, things that the natural man would not do, you are overcoming the world. And I thought, how awesome is that? Because you always hear, we need to overcome the natural man. And what can you do when you get a spiritual prompting? Act on it. Act on it. And, it, and the more you act on it, the more you're becoming a spiritual being and not just a man of flesh and bones. When we cultivate faith in Jesus Christ by repenting daily and keeping covenants that endow us with power, we stay on the covenant path and are blessed with spiritual strength, personal revelation, increasing faith, and the ministering of angels. Living the doctrine of Christ can produce the most powerful, virtuous cycle, creating spiritual momentum in our lives. And just like I said, I've been saying that if you repent daily for the small things, like, you know, I, I did not like her hair. She's such an awful person. If you repent of those small things like thinking bad thoughts or, you know, swearing, not swearing, but swearing in your head, that's still you need to repent of it. Um, and the more we keep our covenants, like, um, you know, the law of chastity and the, um, my mind went blank. <laughs> Anyways, the more we keep our covenants that we made in the temple and at baptism, the more, you know, we'll have angels that will want to surround themselves to us because we're on the covenant path. The more we um, do worldly things and not strengthen our spiritual being by being around people and serving people. Um, like if you just, I'm going to go to this party or I'm going to go to this basketball game, and I'm, but I'm going to forget, you know, that I made covenants and I'm going to go drink and smoke and all of those things. Guess what that does? You throw out, you throw out the spirit when you do those things. You throw out the spirit when you gossip about other people. Spirit can't be with you. But the more you're willing to go down to other people's level and serve them and bring them up um, to where God can help redeem them, you know, that's, you're not only saving a soul, but you're saving, you know, you're saving your own soul. You're not just saving somebody else. <clears throat> All right. As we strive to live the higher laws of Jesus Christ, our hearts and our very natures, our very natures being, or begin to change. That's the word I'm looking for. The Savior lifts us above 
the pool of this fallen world by blessing us with greater charity, humanity, generosity, kindness, self-discipline, peace, and rest. Now, I cried through most of his talk, his second talk he did in general conference because of those words. They just pierced my heart. I'm going to read it again because it says, the Savior lifts us above the pool of the fallen world by blessing us with greater charity, humility, generosity, kindness, self-discipline, peace, and rest. Now you may be thinking, this sounds like a lot of hard work, spiritual hard work, than it does rest. But the grand truth is, while the world insists that the power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot, they do not produce, what they do not produce is nothing, or what they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. I don't know if you could have noticed that there is a difference between people who believe in Christ and keep his commandments versus those who don't. If you don't see that, you might be one of those people. If you don't see the difference between somebody who believes in God and keeps commandments versus somebody who doesn't. The truth is that it is much more exhausting to seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pool of the world. Um, we're always constantly being pulled from one end of the spectrum to the other, especially as a mom, right? I gotta go help take Johnny to soccer. I gotta go help him do music. I gotta go help him do a language class. But do you, are you overloading your child with too many extracurricular activities instead of being at home and enjoying each other's company and um, doing things of spiritual work? Like, does Johnny really need to learn a language in elementary? Does he? Or can that wait? Does Johnny really have to play football in middle school or elementary, does he? Or should he be having his foundation built at home so that when he goes to high school, which is way worse than middle school, he can survive it? Um, what are your priorities? Are you just, I got to do all the worldly things and then when I get older, I'm just going to suddenly turn the switch on and now I'm back to doing spiritual things. That's the wrong way of thinking. Um, I already forgot where I was. Let's see if we can find our place. Okay. Uh, okay, President Nelson goes on to say, the answer is clear. Entering into a covenant relationship with God binds us to him in a way that makes everything about life easier. 
Yoking yourself with the Savior means you have access to his strength and redeeming power. President Ezra Taft Benson says, Men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joy, expand their vision, quicken their minds, lift their spirit, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up their friends, and pour out peace. I plead with you to take charge of your testimony of Jesus Christ, his gospel. Work for it. Nurture it so that it grows. Feed it truth. Don't pollute it with false philosophies of unbelieving men and women. As you have the continual strength of your testimony of Jesus Christ, make it your highest priority and watch the miracles happen in your life. I can attest to that, that the more you um, share your testimony with others, the easier it gets. And the more your mouth is open um, to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the more Christ blesses you with more opportunities to um, show other people love and to testify of God's truth and that it changes you. It changes who you are and it changes how you look at people and it makes you have more charity and more love for other people. And it's the greatest blessing. Um, and it's the greatest gift you can give yourself is to bear your testimony um, often whenever possible because God, in turn, um, blesses you tenfold. All right, President Nelson continues. Let him, through your prayers and your actions, that you are serious about overcoming the world, ask him to enlighten your mind and send help you need. Each day, record the thoughts that come to you as you pray. Then follow through diligently, Spend more time in the temple and seek un to understand how the temple teaches you to rise above the fallen world. And I have been doing this. I have been waking up in the middle of the night and scriptures have been coming to my mind or quotes. And I have been putting them in post-it notes in my phone and so that I remember. And sometimes I fall asleep with it open, but... Um, it has definitely um, made it so my day seems to start with um, a scripture that just lingers with me. And I contemplate it um, over the next few days and then another one comes. And sometimes they're just one right after the other. Um, but it's definitely been an enlightening experience and one I will continue to cherish because I am not somebody who remembers scriptures and to have one come to my mind and know what it says is it's really weird but he definitely blesses you when you seek to um ask to learn he'll answer if you sincerely ask to learn more about um spiritual matters 
The gathering of Israel is the most important work taking place on this earth today. One crucial element of this gathering is preparing a people who are able, ready, and worthy to receive the Lord when he comes again, a people who have already chosen Jesus Christ over the fallen world, a people who rejoice in their agency to live a higher and holier law of Jesus Christ. I call upon you, my brothers and sisters, to become a righteous people, to cherish and honor your covenants above all other commitments, as you let God prevail in your life, I promise you greater peace, confidence, and joy and rest. I bless you to overcome the world. I bless you to increase your faith in Jesus Christ and learn better how to draw upon his powers. I bless you to be able to discern truth from error. I bless you to care more about the things of God than the things of the world. And I bless you to see the needs of those around you and strengthen those you love because Jesus overcame this world and you can too. And I see that on a daily basis, not just the people of our faith, but I see other people of faith reaching out um, more and asking more questions about Heavenly Father and seeking him. And I had a coworker the other day. I was, he was test. I sent him to go do a test and he was really nervous. And he said, can I play a song? And I said, sure. While we waited for his examiner and he played a Christian song and then he sang it. And I just sat there relishing in it because it doesn't matter what faith you are. It matters that you rejoice in Christ together and let other people worship the way they want to. And um, then yesterday, the Philippine uh, MTC, Manila Philippines MTC, posted a video of um, the missionary singing the Army of Helaman song. And that's my favorite song. I love that song. I wanted my son to sing that before he left on his mission because when he was younger, I have all boys. I felt like I had to raise stalwart men that could be the next army of Helaman and that they could stand against the world with their words and that their words would pierce people's soul. And as they sang, they changed the word too. And now we are the army of human. And I just cried because I was like, they are, they're standing there and they are now his army. And they could have sung any other song but that song they sang, and I swear they sang it to me. And my son was sitting or standing in the front row. And I know he had to have been emotional because he knows how much his mom loves that song. Because sometimes I, 
I do worry. I do worry about our youth and their ability to, you know, overcome the world and not go down the wicked path and to see all these stalwart men and women, young men and young women just standing there singing it. It just, it was glorious. It was glorious to know that there were parents out there that also raised stalwart young men and young women to go out there and defend God's truth. I hope that the things that you take away from these videos is that God loves you. He needs you. He hasn't lost hope in you. And it is by small and simple means that you can come back to the fold. And sometimes all that's all that you need to do is go out and serve somebody to feel God's love for you. And it is that's a small thing that you can do to feel the spirit. I bless you with the strength to continue to go, keep going and to when life is hard to lean on other people and to lay down on your knees and pray to Heavenly Father that He will bless you with strength to continue to go and seek and learn and grow. And I promise you that if you will just open the scriptures, to just flip it open and see what God wants to talk to you about today. Your life will change just from flipping it open and reading. Look at that. I even, I even did it to Helaman. <laughs> That's funny. I opened the book to Helaman. What did, see what I mean? And here, I'm going to read the scripture it came on. So it's in Helaman 7, 4. And seeing the people in a state of such awful wickedness, those Gadiot and robbers filled the judgment seat, having absurd the power and authority over their land, laying aside the commandments of God, and not in the least a right before him, doing no justice unto the children of men, condemning the righteous because of their righteousness, and letting the guilty and the wicked go unpunished because of their money and moreover to be held in office at the head of government to rule and do according to their will that they might get gain and glory of the world moreover and that they might more easily commit adultery and steal and kill and do according to their wills. And don't we see that today? in our own government. It just, it's saddening. It's, we live in a sad and fallen world. And I pray that you can find peace in listening. And that is all I have for you today. I hope you have a very blessed day and that you're 
heart may be filled with the Spirit.